Hey, how's it going? I'm Nick Rockle, Editor-in-Chief of BC Business. Welcome to the BC Business Podcast. In this episode, I talked to Kendra Johnston, President and CEO of the Association for Mineral Exploration, about our industry and its prospects in BC. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Can you start by by telling us a bit about the Association for Mineral Exploration and and what it does, what what its role is? Sure, I would love to. Uh, So we at the Association for Mineral Exploration in British Columbia uh, aim to promote and protect the rights for mineral explorers and developers who are based here in British Columbia uh, and or operating here in British Columbia. So we are the lead advocacy group for all of the mineral explorers and we've been around for over 100 years being founded in 1912. Thanks. And, and when you think about the mining industry's contribution to the principal economy, what are, what are a few key numbers there? Yeah, so we've had uh, quite an effect to the provincial economy over the last uh, number of years, well, more than a century, really going back to the gold rush days uh, and the caribou. But uh, if we look just at the last 15 years, we've contributed over $5 billion uh, to the provincial economy. When we look on an annual basis, uh, on average, we spend approximately $330 million a year as mineral explorers uh, directly into the ground in BC. So that's an average of about $1.2 million Uh, per company that they're spending on an exploration project. And when we look a little bit more regionally at those numbers uh, of the dollars that are spent on an exploration project, approximately 97% of of those dollars uh, stay within the province, which is a fantastic number for us to to know and to talk about. Um, The other piece of that is that 38% of the dollars actually stay within the region in which they are spent. So a project that's uh, up in the Golden Triangle, for example, 38% of the dollars that are spent there are going to local service and supply companies. Uh, And you can say the same on average for all of the other regions across the province. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And and how have AME members fared in the the pandemic and and what role do you see them playing in BC's recovery going forward? Mm Yeah, so the pandemic has been a really inter- has had a really interesting effect on, on mineral explorers. Uh, starting out in March and April, it was quite a scary time for us as the, the world uh, markets basically shut down and, and there was no money for high risk uh, adventures, we'll call them. So, um, you know, money that was being put towards mineral exploration and financing was just not, not available at that time. Uh, as the world sort of started to deal with the pandemic and, and the global markets um, started to decrease, of course, gold is always a, a safe haven. So investors went uh, and started investing in gold, making the gold price rise, which was a really great thing for, for British Columbia mineral explorers. Gold and copper are two um, most abundant minerals in the ground here and what our uh, explorers typically are exploring for. Uh, so that opened up a window for our gold explorers to go out and raise some dollars. So we actually have ended up with a fantastic uh, financing season come uh, late summer and now into the fall. Uh, to date this year, we've raised just over $271 million uh, for exploration in, in British Columbia. Um, and we have uh, over 600,000 meters of drilling planned across the province. That's great. And, and also, you, you touched on this a little bit, um, many BC mining companies are active abroad, but when you look at um, what's happening here in this province, what, what are you most excited about when it comes to exploration? Yeah, so first and foremost, we have phenomenal geology in British Columbia. So you can't have a mineral exploration industry operating somewhere that doesn't have um, the geology to support it. And our geology here is 
beyond supportive. It is actually quite phenomenal and, and full of, of possibilities and uh, discoveries that I'm sure are yet to be found. Um, but looking across the world, when you look at, at Canadian explorers in BC specifically, um, we're in a, a very transparent governance environment. We have a political regime that is very supportive of mineral exploration and mining. Um, we have community groups and First Nations that are now very interested in what's going on on the ground. Um, our best practices from an environmental and social governance um, standpoint have increased vastly uh, over the last say 10 years or so, but even this past year, uh, the BC government uh, passed the DRIPA legislation, so the Declaration of Rights for Indigenous People, back in November. And that's really, I think, made us all step up a little bit and, uh, and take it just a little bit more seriously and, and have those conversations. And we were having those already, but it's, it's formalized those conversations a little bit more this past year. So um, there are some really great things from a social aspect that uh, create the right environment for us to be able to explore. Um, but more than anything, we have uh, a supportive economy and a supportive uh, government to be able to, to move forward on top of the fabulous geology. Thanks. And then the Canadian mining companies have faced some criticism and, and lawsuits for their environmental impacts, social impacts in communities elsewhere around the world. Uh, how is the industry, you know, broadly speaking, how is the industry doing when it comes to sustainability and social responsibility and what are some improvements that could be made there? Mm -hmm. So there have been some relatively negative stories in the news uh, over the last few months and as much as that's unfortunate, it is, the, it is only a few stories at the end of the day and some of them are pretty massive stories and I don't want to downplay them. They are uh, certainly important things to talk about, but the fact that we are talking about them and that they are uh, important principles to us for to have good environmental, social and governance practices is a step in the right direction to be talking about them and, and dealing with uh, with these issues. And I think when you look uh, here in British Columbia and, and some of the conversations we've had since something like Mount Polly, um, we've come a long way in, in implementing some of those um, practices, not only from a, a corporate perspective, but from an industry perspective from, from AME and our guiding principles. Um, but also there's been regulation change from a government perspective as well. So collectively, everybody involved in industry has upped their game. And I think the, those folks that are exploring here in British Columbia certainly are doing their best to do things uh, as well as they can uh, and to do things um, openly and transparently. Uh, we have over, well, over 750 junior exploration companies that are listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange that are based in British Columbia. So when you look at numbers like that and the, the few stories that we've heard in the news, the vast majority of our companies are, uh, are really holding up those principles and, and doing the best they can. Thanks. And then you also touched on this. Um, here in BC, where do Indigenous relations fit into the big picture for, for the industry? Yeah, so I mentioned the, the DRIPA legislation a little earlier. Um, that's been a really important piece. And, and here in British Columbia, and, and it's changing right across Canada, um, First Nations play a really important role in, in mineral exploration. Um, they are our partners. They are an integral part of everything we do. Uh, they work alongside us on site. They, uh, in a lot of cases, operate some of the contracting companies that we use. Um, 
they are they are absolutely involved. So from you know day one of staking claims, conversations are started with the local First Nation partners. Um, those relationships are built from the ground up. So right through you know a soil sampling program, uh, through to a drilling program, and eventually through development and, and into mining. Uh, and with each stage, that relationship gets a little bit stronger. Hopefully, there's ups and downs, of course, throughout. But um, typically speaking, the, the relationship builds as, as the project builds. And the idea is that you get support and you get involvement from, from day one and an understanding and you build trust. Uh, and the projects that we've seen go through that process have done phenomenally well. So uh, there's a number of success stories in, in British Columbia where we can you know, point to those projects that have started with those conversations really, really early. And uh, those are the ones that are, are having success today. Thanks. And, and then how does technology, uh, how, how is it helping the industry to, to raise its game in, in BC? Yeah, so there is some really neat technological advances that are happening. Uh, you know, mineral explorers from day one have always been a boots on the ground industry. We like our, our rock hammer and our hiking boots and we like to think that that's all we need to, to go out and explore. And in some cases at the early stages, it is all you need. But uh, in today's world, we see a lot of desktop prospecting as opposed to on the ground prospecting. So people that are mining the data, people that are you know, digging into it and, and understanding or, or seeing connections that perhaps weren't seen before because the data is so much more robust uh, that new connections can be made. So in finding some, um, some interesting areas online, people are then going out and staking and looking on the ground. So that's the first level of, of technological advance from a, a mineral exploration perspective. But as we go through, we're seeing huge advancements in the laboratories. Um, being able to get the thresholds for um, amounts of metal and, and minerals within the um, laboratory system, getting those thresholds smaller and smaller so that we can see more minute amounts of, of whatever mineral it is that we're looking for at the time. Um, the geophysical techniques also have increased vastly. So all those little advancements when you layer them on top of each other make a really significant impact. Um, some of the other pieces, um, just advancements in general science, understanding uh, something like treetop sampling uh, instead of soil sampling. You might be able to, to get out and sample the treetops and, and find out what kind of minerals are in the soil below rather than going out and taking soil samples. So perhaps a little less um, impact to the environment, uh, perhaps a little quicker to be able to collect those samples. So lots of opportunity there. And then when you go into the mining space, there's some phenomenal advancements from um, you know remote trucks to all kinds of neat things that are that are happening uh, a little bit beyond the mineral explorers realm. Yeah, and, and thank you. What are some highlights uh, of AME Remote Roundup, the provincial uh, exploration conference that's, that's taking place uh, this January 18th to 22nd? Yeah, so the biggest highlight is that we are actually going to be remote this year. Uh, it's an entirely virtual conference. Uh, we've tried really hard to maintain all of the things that people have come to know and love about Roundup. So uh, we will still have our, our core shack. It will be a virtual core shack, which we're really excited about. Uh, we're also going to have all of the sessions that typically happen on our main um, technical session stage. Uh, however, this year on the main stage, we'll also be adding our gathering place as well as a new uh, ESG session. So really excited to have both of those on the main stage this year. Uh, we're also uh, we're going to have a number of keynote sessions 
And then probably most importantly, and the question we get asked most often is how are people going to come and interact and, and network with each other? So uh, we're really working on some of those pieces and uh, going to be providing guidance to everybody who registers on how to really get involved and set up their profile and uh, start the conversation before they come to the conference so that it can continue at the conference. So uh, there'll be lots of opportunities to uh, get business done and deals done and uh, interact with colleagues that you haven't seen for 25 years since you lived in camp with them, but uh, yeah. hopefully they'll all be at Remote Roundup and we'll all be able to connect that way. So we're really excited about it this year. We've put a lot of time into it and it's, uh, I think it's gonna be a great conference. Thanks, and, and finally, mining is a cyclical business. So given those ups and downs, what are three things the BC industry can do to set itself up for, for future success? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think, um, you know, we are a cyclical business, but we're also a long-term business. So. We're not, um, you know, the typical time for a project from to go from exploration through to, I'm sorry, to go from discovery through to development and, and operating uh, is at a minimum, probably 15 to 20 years and at a maximum well over 100 years. So, um, you know, those the cyclical nature of the market is uh, is a small piece in, in that puzzle of how it affects the overall program. So. Uh, I think the best thing we can do, number one, is to um, collect data uh, professionally and consistently so that we build the baseline of what it is that we're looking for. And that goes for geological data as well as environmental data. So starting really early uh, with that baseline data and, and building the project scientifically so that it, it makes sense at every step. Um, Number two is building those relationships with the First Nations, regardless of what the, the market is doing. Those relationships need to stay steady so that when the market does roll around and you want to hit the ground running, uh, everything is in place to be able to do that. Um, and the third, I think, is to, to keep an open mind and, and take advantage of the opportunities when they come, because they will come. That's the, the beauty of a cyclical business, is that for every downturn, there is an upturn. And being able to be prepared and ready to hit the ground running, you got to think about all the things that are not just the science, but about your corporation and your business as well, and making sure that you are uh, prepared with the right team when the market turns around. So just preparing your your company so that you're prepared to take advantage when the when the time comes.